0: Hello, hello. Welcome to Words and Voices, a little sanctuary, a quiet nook where you'll hear hard, raw and humbling conversations with some of the best humans elevating humanity. This is for the round pegs and square holes, the misfits, oddballs, weirdos, tinkerers, and thinkers who dig a simple philosophy that one word, one message, one idea, and one voice can change the world. So without further ado, here's our chief mischief maker, Neelam Tawar. Welcome to Neelam's two-part interview with Madish Parikh, an active youth leader who's associated with many social change-making organizations in India. In part one, Madish talks about how he got into being a youth leader, the importance of having a good team to work with, and how to find youth and develop them into leaders.
1: Hey Madish, how are you?
2: Hi Neelam, I'm good. How are you doing?
1: You know, I'm doing great considering that we're finally doing
2: this. Yeah, yeah, it's great.
1: It's been a journey, huh? Like the last time we tried to do this, there was all kinds of tech issues. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> true, true. You know, it is. It is always destined. You know, we never know when it happens. Yeah, it's good. It's happening now.
1: I feel like that about you and me too, to some extent, because when I met you for the first time, in it was. Yeah, we met at. The <laughs> <laughs> we met at the TEDx. It was funny because you know I was. It was just like my yeah. sixth or seventh month, to like kind of being in India, and I remember the organizing committee the day before you go, right? Like, cause I was able to actually go to the venue the day before I get there and they, the, there was uh, one person, I think it was Beba, who was like, you have to meet this gentleman. Like you will really enjoy it. And they don't call you gentlemen. They call you bye. Right. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> they told me that I have to meet you. And I, I remember that I started talking to the wrong person because I thought that that was you. And then you were all the way at the back. <laughs> yeah.
2: it's it was a wonderful experience meeting you at TEDx. And, you know, out of all the speakers, you know, I found you more vibrant and resonating. And that is why we are still in contact, you know, among among all the other speakers.
1: I don't know if contact is the right word. I bug you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I bug you a lot. I'm like, hey, I want to do this. I want to try this in India. I want to do this. And, and you're just so gracious and kind with me. And I feel the same way about you. You know, my mom is a big fan of yours. And she always, always, because she was in the room that day. And she's like, He's just amazing.
2: She's such a sweet soul. You know, I, I remember meeting her at that She <laughs>
1: She's a sweetheart.
2: A time at the dinner. Ah, uh-huh, yes. True,
1: true. Yes. Whenever she's back, we'll make sure, or you come to America. How about that?
2: Yes, I would love to.
1: So, Madhish, you have a very compelling story, okay? One of the things I always sort of have been been very blessed with, especially since I started doing this work on my own, because you know I came from the corporate world. I made a decision at a really interesting point in my career trajectory to go do my own thing and I've been genuinely blessed that in a short amount of time considerably like I mean not all the back work that you know people always see the tip of the iceberg there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes I've been very fortunate to meet people like you that I can actually truly say that I can pretty much not talk to you for five years and I can still pick up the phone and you will take my call like if I call you, you will take my call, and there's a certain type of humility that goes with that. And I know that I hope that I'm the special person that that you do that with. But I know that you're not. You're more or less like that with everybody in your world that you probably consider close as well. So, what is that about? Because I think that's very rare to find these days, given the fact that you are in the youth leadership area. Your hands are filled with a full-time job, of course, where you teach, but then you have so much else that you do right from coordinating and collaborating with the United Nations or government bodies around the world. How do you stay this connected? Now I want to say you're very kind.
2: You feel me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It all started when, I, when I, I started realizing, you know, people talk about young people and I think they've always believed in young people. I felt do young people get enough opportunities to exhibit their potential? I question to myself that, you know, and I, I got so many answers, you know, around to my question. And I thought that we have to do something to unleash the power of youth, you know, because they are all unique in their own ways and they have unique potential in them. So how do we channelize this young power for the better good of the community? And this is how all it started with some volunteerism in my college. And that gave me the early lessons of leadership, you know, when I was in my college. And this is all what I started. And then, you know, slowly and gradually, you know, I started also believing that, you know, we have all one life to live, and whatever we do is not enough. So I thought, let me try new things, you know. I, I consider myself as a soul on a journey of transformation to discover more of me within myself, right? So I try to keep pushing my limits. I try to keep doing things every time, new things coming up on my way and I experiencing the young potential, you know, whatever it comes. It started with you know, as a student as I said, and working with the government, then working with the United Nations bodies. And you know, I realized, you know, when young people were linked up to this opportunity. So I am just a medium, you know, how, You know, I'm trying to connect this, you know, opportunities to these young people. And I found out that, you know, there was a rapid and significant transformation in young people that was observed by me when they were exposed to this opportunity. So I think that also really motivated me to work more on this activism sort of thing. And this is how, yes, it has been going so good. And as I said, you know, I try to keep pushing my limits and try to do new things as much as possible. So I think that really keeps me motivated and charged, you know, in spite of doing so many things. So, yeah, this is how it has been going so good. Well,
1: so many things is the right word because yeah, yeah. every time I know that, you know, everyone has okay. their season and reason to do things. And I've always seen that you've been fairly consistent and I know for a fact that, you know, you have always got your hands and like multiple things, but somehow you've also got a good body of people around you that, that rise up and support you. So when you talk about that aspect of wanting to contribute and giving the youth a voice, one of the things I have noticed is that you do keep them in a position like, so yes, there's a community, but everyone is an individual leader as well. You seem to be transferring that on forward as well, aren't you?
2: So I've always believed in team spirit, you know, um, I may be the face of a campaign, but you know, there is an entire team which works in the background and that makes it successful. And this has also made me believe, you know, that together we can do more. And since then, it has become a work mantra of my life. So, you know, I give a very good importance to my team, which makes it very much possible. Part of the team.
1: Yep, exactly. You're part of the team. And I think that's the thing too, right? Like, yes, you can steer the ship, but you have to also bring people along on that journey and, and let them have that opportunity to experiment. Because really like, you know, we're both of Indian origin, we're both Indian. And one of the things, and we have a bit of a <laughs> uh, difference in, in how we were raised and all, that. that's okay. But our core values, I think, I, I think are shared. Right. But I find that if you keep your heart in the right place, usually things do tend to materialize. Got it.
2: Got it. Got it. So you are also into, you know, uh, too much things, you know, uh, and you also hold a very good diversity with the things that you do and, you know, so if, if you can also share, you know, how, how you try to manage, you know, I'll be also learning from you.
1: You know, you have this thing that you said to me, like, maybe two, a year and a half ago, if I if I can remember correctly and you said, I'm, I feel like I'm running about 48 hours behind in my life or something, I'm two days behind in my life and I genuinely feel that way, you know, I think we, we we just some sometimes I feel like we're just the, the people I've felt so connected to, I feel like we were broken from the same mold, if that makes sense. But That's it, so
2: beautiful.
1: Yeah, so I think it's like a spiritual mold that I think we've been shaped from. And I think it doesn't matter where we were raised or whatever. I think our paths had to cross. But I think, I do believe that if you don't rise up to that thing that is the potential in you, you lose the opportunity to meet people that you were meant to meet. Because yes, you can say destiny is guaranteed, but I do believe that you have to take the action to make it, To let the magic, so to speak, unleash, because I think I literally do say this quite often. I was like, I know three people in India, and that's all the people I need to know in India, and you're one of
2: them. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, seriously. So, to answer your question, I just do what you do. You know, like I feel like I chase, I start, chase is not a good word, it's not a powerful word, but I visualize a lot. I visualize where I want to create impact, who I want to help, and I have to also make sure that. You know, in all of this, because, you know, I'm one lady army these days. And in general, like i am not the full team yet, because eventually I will. But but I think for me, the thing has been that you have to remind yourself why you're doing it, because it's very easy to get swayed by how other people react to you sometimes. And I'm not talking about ego or anything like that. And, you know, you and I both have mothers that keep us grounded
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> my mother keeps me grounded my mother's like uh, okay cool great what's next
2: <laughs>
1: so yeah i i think i sort of do it that way but there's no real method if people were to ask me and i know that's not the case for you too because it's really like you get a call or someone reaches out has some some thoughts and you yeah. listen and you see what you can do
2: So, yeah, it's uh, very clear, you know, having such clarity and very uh, focused, you know, about your life and what you want to do, I think that makes life very simple. And, you know, also other thing, adding to you, like being grounded, I I think being rooted is very important. Because, you know, you can uh, nourish or you can grow only when, you know, roots are able to absorb, you know, some essential minerals, water from the ground. So similarly, it is with us, you know. The more we are rooted with the ground, I think more we can grow. So I think that is very important.
1: What are your uh, some of your grounding practices then? What do you do? Do you meditate or do you just go for long drives? What do you do?
2: So I meet with new people. So I think uh, <laughs> I meet with new people. I, I network with them. I, I think, you know, the intersection of energies, you know, the aura, I, I think that makes me grow and um, I learn new things from
1: yeah, so you try to surround yourself with people who are not like you all the time, right? Like, And that's how you grow. Yes. That is so interesting. But you don't even have a choice because I suppose like there's someone knocking on your door all the time. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I always joke that, you know, New York City is one of those cities in the world where it's everything's at your doorstep. And I feel like you're like uh, a version of that for me where I'm like everything's at that is doorstep. <laughs> at his doorstep. So... Uh, mother's like one thing i've always found interesting is also i mean it's not just interesting i think you really do try to build new things right and what is your guiding sort of principle other than the fact that together we can do more of course that mantra that you seem to always kind of attach to everything you do what else drives you to do a project with somebody whatever body it is known mm-hmm. or unknown what moves you
2: well i think the first thing that is with- I'm very passionate about doing a thing, you know, to benefit the community at a greater level. That is number one. And secondly, you know, there's also a desire to learn, you know, from what I do. I think that makes me evolve all the time. Those two things, I think they are very important.
1: How do you measure success when you do those types of things?
2: You know, success is a very relative term, you know, probably it might be different to me, different to you. You know, when I see a significant change in the young people, you know. The way how they talk, the way they evolve as a leader, the way they manage things. I think, you know, that is what I observe during the process. I think that makes me realize and, you know, how we mobilize the local community, what is the local impact that we are creating. I think this is how I measure success.
1: And then you obviously have people coming up to you, right? And saying, hey, thanks for doing this. This helps me think about something
2: So then, you know, like media exposures, statistics, numbers, uh, government partnerships or corporate partnerships, they are secondary to me, right? The primary thing is, you know, the behavioral change, you know, how a person is evolving through my program. I think that is very important to me. And the rest of the things are the perks of of the program.
1: Correct. That's just the cherry on the top. And it Mm -hmm. has different definitions, right? Because it's really a grassroots thing, right? Because you're really trying to affect someone's mindset a little bit, correct?
2: Correct, correct, correct. So my greater objective is bringing that change. So people appreciate that change. That is second thing. That was never my goal, to get appreciation from the people or to get media highlights or something. The primary goal, you know, what I've decided, I should achieve that, I think, how I work.
1: Right. And then how do you it's not easier to bring people together are there moments where you have to orchestrate something or logistically as you're trying to put something together like does that ever get to you
2: so I've always believed in the power of young people and you know I, I don't know you know the universe is working in, in such a way that you know whatever I try to do you know the universe makes it simple for me you know when I have a strong desire and I think things really go good you know whatever this plan is planned and I'm satisfied with what I'm doing.
1: It's interesting you brought that up. The universe supports you and makes it easy for you to get there. And then the other thing you said was the strong desire. But then I always want to bring that back to the intention behind the desire because people can have desire that can be about themselves. Correct? Like it's very easy. It's very easy to be at the top of that mountain and say like it's all about me. And I think that's one of the things like I keep loving about you. And we're always going to be friends. I think. (laughs) I hope, unless I do something. you know that you seem to always carry that with you and i think all the people that i tend to speak to that are that are giving and contributing we've spoken about this earlier we had will on the on words and voices a while back and at seven he had started his charity and i know him for at least a good seven to eight years now and okay. i happened to meet him at like a conference that i was not supposed to be a part of but ever since i saw him and he's 17 now and i asked him and like when he was on, on words and voices i asked him i was i was like so will how many people have you has your organization says. and he said you know I'm almost a million people
2: oh wow
1: that's not a small number and what most people what i look at the world we live in and 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 this is part of all of us right because we move so fast we want immediate results and when i look at someone like will who's you know not everyone starts young and not everyone needs to not start older also there's this time
2: yeah.
1: if you want to do something there's always time yeah, but it's i really think fine. Right. But I think what people get swayed by is that, oh, I didn't get the result. Mm -hmm. And I always say that if you're not getting that result, then you have to not stop. Don't change that end point. Figure out what is it that you're really after. Figure out what is the success part of it. Like, what does that mean to you? And go from that place. And I feel like you always embody that. And that's why I think I hope whoever's listening to this, like probably sits on this part of what you said the (laughs) most, because the universe, if you will, like does simplify things for you. You get in the way of the universe usually.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I also said, you know, success is very relative. You know, it, it might mean different to me and you. And I've always believed that, you know, whatever you call successes and failures are just events to me in life. You know, What I do in between these two is more important. So I, I think, you know, we should not consider success as a milestone or a goal that we have achieved. I think, the process you know of continuity i think that is very 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 important
1: right and that has the compounding effect so with the youth that you try to uplift and encourage do you find that you sometimes have to also share a little bit of directional sort of mentorship with them as well do you spend time
2: doing that too yes of course so as we know that you know country like india has so much of youth power 65 more than 65 percent is young people But all young people, you know, are not inclined to a specific goal or, you know, vision. Because they might have different priorities because they they have different situations of their own, right? So figuring it out, right, young people from the community who can be potential leaders, I think that is where I spend more time on. So we, we go to different colleges, universities and different organizations where we meet young people. And, you know, there we identify young people who are very passionate about bringing a change and who are driven by a purpose to do something. And this is how, you know, when these young people join us, you know, we have a very close uh, mentorship sessions with them. And, you know, they, they be a part of the programs. And, you know, we, we give them roles of leadership, not just volunteerism, Because I think leadership at a very early age, I think probably they will learn more when they are given a leadership role in the initial phase. And because, you know, probably when they're doing it for the first time, I think they might be innovative in doing things, you know. So if you're already taught a process, you have to do this, 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 you will always follow that, right. But when we have young people who are pressured to us, you know, and we give them certain leadership less, uh, tasks, you know, they, they always try to be innovative and we learn from them. I think this is how it is a learning process which happens by direct.
1: Yeah, and I think what I'm hearing there too is that, you know, you're very cognizant of making sure no one depends on you, which is very important, right? Because there's only so much you can physically oversee as well, mentally,
2: too. Yes, yes, yes. Very true.
1: And again, you know, you create leaders, therefore they can start creating their own, you know, network of change or influence or, you know, start supporting the community. So it's sort of like a ripple effect, right?
2: Right, right, right. So I think first, you know, we always tell them, you know, before becoming leaders, first try to become good people. I think that is very important. So once you are a good person i think you can become a leader so that's secondary to us but first be a good person
1: i totally agree that's (laughs) that's the challenge right because you can always have a vision and sort of take things a little seriously do you ever take things seriously at times when you're working (laughs)
2: <laughs> so I you know like it is always you know I, I, I don't take things much seriously you know I, I I take them in a light way you know so it's, it's easy for things to float away you know like the lightly they come the lightly they go so I never take too much burden on things
1: yeah, uh, yeah I've actually never seen you sweat like I have never I've seen you at different types of things I've been invited to or I've been in the watching the room or something like that we've organized something and I show up and I was like, look at this guy. He's like literally just in chill mode. Like, how does he do it? <laughs> but the mental chatter is there, right? There's a mental yeah. chatter, of
2: course. Yeah, yeah. There's
1: something going on in your head. But like every time I see you, you're just so calm and collected.
2: That's how you make things simple.
1: That's how you make things simple because yeah. you also want you also make sure people can approach you, right? Because that's
2: also important. Right. 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 Correct. So right now, take the example of the podcast that is going on. You know, you are putting a lot of efforts. There's sort of, there's so much, a of lot of back machinery that is going, that is going now and that is going to happen. But, you know, for the viewers and for the listeners, you know, of your channel, it is very simple. You know, they are getting a very good experience, right? So there is a lot of efforts, the back machinery, the back input, back energy that goes on. I think that is also to be very much appreciated.
1: Oh, that's very kind of you. Yes, there's a the wonderful team that makes sure that these go well, these get put into the world in the way that I've intended. And it's also really, again, I, I just keep me, I do my best to keep coming to that central point of the kind of like, keep the why as unadulterated and as pure as possible. And for me, it's always only worked that way. I don't know how to have, yes, you can have all these goals. I want to be here. I want to do these things. a very tangible kind of goals, right? But for me, a conversation like this with, in a very uh, focused uh, space and time, because, you know, we've joked about this and it is true to anybody who listens, like Madhesh and I, every time we've, we've crossed paths, we've crossed paths and talked about work because somehow the two of us don't know how to chill.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Isn't that correct though? Like we've never yeah. chilled. Like I, I said that to you, even when we we're trying to do this recording, that one day you and I just need to like not talk about all the projects we have all the craziness that's that
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: But then, you know, today I would like to know, you know, you have been also trying to do something with young people and have started an initiative called Youth Mojo so if you can give some insights.
1: So, you know, I'm the Youth Mojo part of it, now I have an umbrella where it sits. But what I've done over the past couple of years since we've known each other is, I've just done it very organically. a have gone to universities here in India. I've been fortunate to do a couple of things outside of India, mostly in Asia. Now we're building the real structure around it in terms of well, what is it that I want to, you know, use from my skill set or the things that I do, and be able to now transfer it onto the youth more, maybe programmatically more than anything else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the goal with Youth Motor is really going to be let's get them moving, like you know, let's give them what they need because I think one of the things that I know, so I'm going to say for what it's for, for what it's worth, but. I've been really the weird one in my family. <laughs> and you are the weird one in yours. I know that. <laughs> and it's not I'm not saying it in a like a negative way, you know that, right? Yeah. Like but to be the weird one out, to be the person who sees the world a bit differently or questions the things that most people don't question has been the basis of building whatever I've built or am in the process of building. So for me, how you know what you said earlier about the process? There are days I joke with family, and I say something like, "I just feel like I'm still tilling the soil. I'm still tilling the soil. I have not Mm -hmm. even put a seed in." I'm blessed that the people around me remind me that, like, take a chill pill, dude. Like, the seeds are there. Like, you you don't just keep the ground for a time. Like, that's important. Just do what you got to do. What I struggled with growing up, right? And I don't know if you had that. Usually, when I've had a question, I've always gone to books. I've been that person. Right. So. Anything if I have a or I'll go now we have the internet so we find information on there of course but I've always gone to books and I've always been a thinker and I've been an observer and all of that fun stuff but it was very challenging because I don't think I was understood right, and right, and, right. and even now I can say I have a few people that kind like do understand some of it not all of it it's okay
2: Right. right right right
1: and the goal is That mentorship aspect for me is so important because I think young people, young minds need that support because at this point in our history or the human continuum, the cycle we're in, we've got the information. You can get information. I think we need more people on the ground directing as selflessly as possible so that the ripple effect that we we're talking about earlier carries forward in, in as pure a way as possible so that it doesn't corrupt our systems even more.
2: So how do you see the transition of uh, getting information from the books, reading books, and then writing a book? And you're also an author, so... That is <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I cry a lot. I cry a lot. How about that? <laughs> I think it's like an emotional process. I've always... It's so strange because I'm extremely introverted yeah but we're you and i are not introverts with each other but if people were to meet us like in certain settings we're the quiet one mm. so i'm extremely introverted i would rather i can do like 10 days of being around people and then i need like five months of thought <laughs> i think you know what it is is that like when people ask me even what I do sometimes, I keep it, I'm like, oh, I'm a consultant. And I, I keep it vague because I'm like, how does that definition matter really, right? Because it's for the other person to understand you, not for me to understand myself. So I won't be surprised. You know, I, I I said this to somebody on the show. I said, like, I won't be surprised if you come to me like in 10 years and say, hey, I'm opening my own farm or something or I'm flying to the moon. Like, I won't be surprised if anybody I know that I feel connected to will come and say that to me. Because right. they're not confined. In, in, and they're not trying to fit any kind of box. I'm not fitting any kind of box. You certainly are not. So the transition is just believing in that vision or at least having a vision of doing something, detaching from how it needs to be because that's the most difficult part for yeah. me. For <laughs> me, the detachment part is yeah. like, oh, I want it this way. I want to do it this way. And then getting out of the way, really. Just detaching and get out of the way of what means how it shows up, how it gets created. Get out of your own way because really, one of the things that is sometimes challenging for me to come to terms with is that Mm. I do need to show up Mm. because there is somebody that could lean toward me or a message or something that I might've created, or it could be a workshop or they're invited to something that they somehow participate. So making sure I announce those things. I am terrible at that. So bad at that. That's like a tactical thing. Like, so even if I'm attending an event or I'm like speaking or whatever it is, I forget. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then someone would be like, is there a recording of this? And I'm in the same city. Can I come? And I was like, that's been difficult. That I would say I've had to really, I struggled with that a lot because mm-hmm. I just like doing the work and getting it done, really. I don't want to do the social media aspect and all of that. I don't know if you're like that, but I don't enjoy that part. And I wish someone else would do that for me.
0: <laughs> that's
1: correct. So I make, we just make it happen, I suppose, in some ways.
0: So that was part one of Neelam's interview with Madish Parikh. On the next episode of Words and Voices, you'll hear part two of the interview, where Madish talks about using social media in a positive way to affect change, and how being out there working in the community is what really matters to him. Thanks so much for stopping by Words and Voices with Neelam Tuar. We can't wait to see you again with another voice and more words from game changers, movers and shakers, and quiet visionaries creating a dent in the world. Oh, and please don't forget to comment and share what resonated with you here or on info at neelantawar.com. Till we meet next, and as Neelam says, be good to you.